The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today we have a review of the film Pitchfork and the book The Head by Brian Barr. But anyway, before we get into any of that, what's new with you, Brian? Um, well, on, on a personal note, uh-huh. um, I, I had pre-production meetings for that horror host show I've been talking about before. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not giving away the name and stuff yet, in case I get fired. <laughs> but yeah, so that should be going on. We've got scripts in the can, and we're going to be shooting soon. Well, cool. So that's cool. So are you going to be involved in the shoot or anything? Um, I might be an extra as a dead body in one of the episodes, but we'll see. Uh, well, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you're just billed as like they bill you as like just dead douchebag. <laughs> Brian, like, like, oh, well, that was uncalled Number for two. <laughs> or they're they just like make your death a complete mockery. I, I don't know. Like, how'd he die? Oh, he, he's not part of the actual dead thing, you know. He, he, yeah, never mind. I was going to get real dark. I was going to get real dark with that real quick. I was just seeing where you were going to go with that. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I saw split. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we had, you had talked about it last episode, right? No, it wasn't last episode. It was like the first episode we came back. Okay. Oh really? It's been that long ago. Yeah. Uh, it just feels weird because this is the first like normal episode we've had since we've been back. Huh. Well, yeah, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we had House of Leaves, we had the Matt year Shaw. review, and then Matt Shaw was on last episode. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I saw Split. I like Split. Yeah. I think the ending, the thing that has a lot of Shyamalan heads flipping out. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm so hyped. I'm excited about that, but it also seemed very unneeded. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> or was it the thing we needed the most? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, whatever. It, it was cool. It's good to see him back in his zone, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, he got real, real dumb for a bit there. Like, his films really, really Like, were... which one? <laughs> well, I didn't see Lady in the Water, mostly because it was... Uh, it was Lady in the Water. Uh, just wasn't yeah, about a mermaid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't even know it was about a mermaid. I just knew it was like a fantasy tale. Uh, and... Did you just think it was just some chick in a pool? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what I thought, but it was. But uh, we had that. We had the happening. I hated happening. The happening. Was awesome. Yeah, I know you. You have this weird thing with Shyamalan where he's never done any wrong. But <laughs> well, no, like happening is also the most. Um, shitty Marky, Marky Wahlberg movie that's ever existed. Oh yeah, yeah. 
he is at the height of Marky Wahlbergness. What's going on with the bees? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Every every line he says is like that too. It's great. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I was not a happening fan. I hadn't really liked most of his films, but I you know I. I forget he did direct the visit last year, and I, I like it. I still haven't it. seen that one. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way: you're going to see the ending coming from yeah. a mile away. But it was fun, really. Like it was a good film, and it was one of the better found footage films that I've seen in a while. Hmm. But speaking of which, since the last episode, I watched Blair Witch: The Remake. Oh yeah, how was that? Not good. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, it had like a great director. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who did Your Next did it. Oh yeah, yeah. And I like that movie. Yeah, and it wasn't bad. It just was so unneeded and didn't bring anything new to the table. The ending was kind of cool, but it also was. I mean, it was the ending of what, what was what it? Was it like? Some dude standing in the corner, like staring, and then the other person's like, "What are you doing?" And then the witch kills her. I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you because I want you to see it for yourself. But I'll just use some visual clues. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so so. Uh- uh, you got any any news? Well, yeah, I got, well, if we're talking about movies and stuff we've watched, um, I finally watched The Arrival, or just Arrival, I guess. Sci-fi <laughs> movie with Amy Adams and Hawkeye. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Charlie Sheen one. Oh, no, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts? Um, well, I recently read the story, the short story also. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty good. I'd say the book was better because it was much smaller scale. Yeah. Like the movie put on like some weird um, sort of global crisis spin on it too, where there was like uh, military action by China and, and stuff like that in it. And none of that happened in the book, but just <laughs> to like get suspense, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, it was still, it was still pretty neat. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, your typical, Hollywood alien blockbuster where they're destroying cities and stuff. It was about, it was more about, you know, language than now, anything else. Did Blomkamp do that? Neil Blomkamp? No. He didn't. Who directed that one? I don't remember. Hold on. Uh, Let me see. Well, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about the movie and the short story, actually. Short story is great. That's what I heard. But uh, I don't know. I mean, and, and, oh, and like the the movie, because there's a, a weird twist in the short story that I don't want to give away. Mm-hmm. And the movie does it, but it doesn't handle it quite as well. Because mm-hmm. because honestly, like after I read it, I was like, how on earth are they going to do this in a movie? And they they did it well, but I don't think it was handled quite as well as it was in the book. Um, um, Dennis Villeneuve. Villanueva, yeah. <laughs> Villanueva. Yeah, I'm saying it wrong, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm but, just following the lead. Yeah. Uh, well, that guy did Prisoners, I believe. Let me click it and see. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty positive he did Prisoners. Uh, and so, I, did you ever see that? That was awesome. Yeah, he did Prisoners. 
Um, Which one is that? Hugh Jackman, where he and Terrence Howard's kids were kidnapped. And you didn't see that? Dude, that's one you would love. It's like straight up like seven-ish. It's just real like bleak as shit. Um, All right. I'll put that on my list. Yeah, like (laughs) the guy that he thinks did it uh, was like mentally challenged. Mm -hmm. And he has no evidence, but he's ready to torture this mentally challenged dude. He builds this room. Uh, like a little torture room throws him yeah. in there and just has tor- like 30 room. minutes of scalding water like just blasting on the dude like it's terrible like as far as graphic really really graphic but a really good film prisoners check it out it's only five years old <laughs> all right uh, i will check that out it's him and i think jake gyllenhaal jake gyllenhaal yeah yeah viola davis terrence howard paul yeah. dano's in it yeah he's the mentally challenged guy well way to spoil it <laughs> he's in the like the second scene it's not like he pops out at the end I'm like it's a me uh, mentally oh, challenged no <laughs> why is he mario all of a sudden um yeah but anyway so yeah arrival i'd watch it i mean it's like it's it's a sci-fi movie but it is in no way like an action movie or even like really a horror movie or anything like that it's just straight sci-fi yeah so. yeah i don't know i always say that i'm not a big fan of sci-fi but then, you are uh, yeah it turns <laughs> out like i'm a huge fan like, i yeah. just i'm just like nah not for me but then if you look at my dvd collection and, and like things that i'm actually into a lot of it's sci-fi i just don't like uh like <laughs> star star trek <laughs> 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 uh, that's it uh, and and it's not even that I don't like Star Trek. I just uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not into sci-fi, man. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, back to Split real quick. Uh, I oh, really, yeah. really really thought it was good. Um, I, and I agree. I think my wife liked it more than I did. But um, but as far as the acting, acting was awesome. He was fantastic in it. Yeah, Kelsey was like, it, "Is this going to be Oscar nominated?" I was like, "Probably not. <laughs> no, Probably not." No, she's it's like, not. <laughs> she's like, "I mean, just for his acting alone, it should be." I'm like, sure it won like Saturn Awards or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, but no, like there, the, you know what I'm talking about? That scene at the end where it's like rapid fire going through like the characters, mm-hmm. and you can totally tell which character he is before he even says anything. Just because, yeah. like, his facial movements. It's yeah. nuts. Okay, I have one little piece of news mm-hmm. that is super exciting. And also, I'm very confused as to why it exists. Uh-huh. Um, so they're remaking The Lion King, apparently. Jean yeah. Favreau's doing it. Uh, Donald Glover's going to be Simba. Why are you excited? Because Donald Glover's going to be Simba? That sounds awesome. Is it live action? Well, it's like photorealistic CGI. Like the Jungle so, Book? The Jungle Book minus Mowgli. Mowgli? Mowgli. I can never remember its name. So no. so like that, all the animals and stuff will be fake. But since there's no humans in the Jungle Book, it, uh, that part doesn't really matter. I really, really like the live action Jungle Book. It was good. It was surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's cool. I mean, I like Donald Glover. I don't, I'm not yeah. quite the fan you are. 
of him. It's going to be good. Yeah. And then James Earl Jones is going to be Mufasa again. Dude, and the soundtrack's all Childish Gambino. I hope. <laughs> it's not going to be, but I hope it is. I want to hear some Childish Gambino remixes of, like, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really like... I'm blanking on the rapper's name that did that uh, Lion King rap. Oh, that was Little Dicky. Yeah. Yeah, that was so funny. I A, mean, AKA firm handshake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So also since last episode, I gave two shows uh, a watch, two new shows, one being Riverdale. Okay. Um, because I'm a, as we've mentioned multiple times on the podcast, I'm apparently a huge Archie fan. You, you are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think as far as Archie fans go, Probably, but I, I don't really own a whole lot of Archie comics or anything. I just, I have admiration for it. You yeah, know? you like the idea of Archie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the TV show Riverdale, like, it's just taken so many liberties that I can see Archie purists <laughs> getting mad. <laughs> but, uh, uh I mean, I think it's kind of cool. I could also see Archie Pierce getting pissed off at uh, Afterlife with Archie, but to me, that yeah. was the best thing they've or ever Archie done. Predator. <laughs> kind of, but that was still more pure. It literally was like they dropped him into the 1950 yeah. world, <laughs> 1950s world of Archie. But this is like, you know, he's like banging the teacher in Riverdale and like... like oh, Archie. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like on the first episode... uh Betty and Veronica have a kiss and <laughs> like they've just done a lot of odd choices with the characters, but mm -hmm. it all centers around this murder mystery. Mm -hmm. It's pretty weird, but good. Uh, I really, really have liked what they've done with it. so anyway, Riverdale, I, I enjoyed the second show I watched did not enjoy Santa Clarita diet. Oh, I've been meaning to watch that. It, dude, I couldn't get through I, the second episode. I saw a preview for it on like, I don't know, Drew Barrymore. Wait, is that, that's who's in it, right? Yeah, it's her and yeah. Timothy Olam fan. Yeah. Um, she was on like Seth Meyers or something. And I saw a preview for it and it looked bad. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, people, certain people really like it. And maybe, maybe it takes five shows or something to get into it. Mm -hmm. but I watched two and you know, at first I was kind of into it and like, Oh, okay. So she's like a zombie, but they're a typical family, suburban family. And it's almost sitcom. -y. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. Interesting. And then Kelsey looks at me and is like, this is shit, right? <laughs> and I was like, hold on, hold on. And kept watching like, yeah, yeah. It's really, really bad. If it wasn't those two people, like, no one would care at all. Yeah. But anyway, so maybe I'm wrong. Hit me up on Twitter. It's or hit us up on Twitter at B and E pod. If I'm missing something with that or just general hate, <laughs> yeah, just just direct your hate at us. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's better than dead silence. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, in in our in in our defense, though, we're not super active on Twitter any, either. No, no. no. And most so of my maybe tweets, if we wanted less than dead silence or more should, than dead silence, we should probably talk to 
Yeah, which brings me to my next point. Um, oh God, uh, you have more. We <laughs> we are hiring an intern. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that <would've> been, <laughs> I just want to see your face. <laughs> but yeah, that would be cool to have a volunteer to do shit for us. <laughs> <laughs> Pinnacle of laziness. Uh-oh. Uh, hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> well, well, what do you want to cover first? Uh, let's do Pitchfork. All right, we'll be back with our review of Pitchfork. Two versus three, nerds with beers and opinions. A podcast on the B&E Network, hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and... Episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and... <laughs> episodes available at the B&E Network... <laughs> Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> and GiggleFans. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. And we're back with our review of Pitchfork, directed by Glenn Douglas Packard. Right. Uh, so I'll read the I'll read the IMDb synopsis. Okay? Uh, okay. Yeah. So after sharing a secret about himself, Hunter brings a group of friends from New York City back to his family farm for a weekend break. They quickly learn that secrets can be deadly as they are stalked by a twisted and disturbous beast, Pitchfork. Yeah. So apparently, Pitchfork is his name. But okay. So basically, um, it's a it's a slasher flick. Right. Uh huh. Okay, um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was really nothing, nothing uh, that sets this apart. It, it wasn't funny enough to be like a, a funny film, but it wasn't like good enough to be. <laughs> it's sad. I'm in my second sentence, and I'm like, it's not good, <laughs> you know. But um, uh, but no, it's not memorable enough to be set itself apart from a million other slashers, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there actually were parts where I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, there were certain things that, um, like there was one part where there was sort of the you know, um, the subversion of the promiscuous girl gets killed right away. Right. Mm-hmm. And she gets like the upper hand on him and they're fighting. And then, um, he just kills her anyway. And so like, I thought, you know, like th- cause that's a subversion of a subversion of a trope. Right. Yeah. But the, but the rest of it was just, everyone was just really tropey. Like yeah. you, you had, um, pretty much every, uh, horror movie and or protagonist trope that you can like mm-hmm. all jammed into to one movie, but not like, like cabin in the woods. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't where it, it was clearly done on purpose. Yeah. It wasn't like, uh, flipping it on its ear or anything like that. Yeah. It was just, just yeah. more of the same. And, and, and like, I don't know. There, there's so many questions I have about this movie. So if it's okay, we'll get like super spoilery. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. So, um, there, there are a couple things that I like about it, uh, that are the general, um, 
they're they're overused but they get me every time like in this one you know it started off with like a creepy rendition of the whole world in his hands yeah. you know and i love stuff like that even though it's been done to death right um and it you know and it came back later and stuff too but uh anyway and in the beginning i thought it was kind of shot neat like all the colors were super saturated Mm-hmm. and stuff and that's something that you don't really see in very many horror movies unless it's like a really stylistic choice like uh neon demon or something like that yeah this you know? was shot really well yeah um and, and so like i was like oh cool are they gonna do something where it's like super saturated in the beginning as it gets darker and darker less in the saturation or something that kind of happened but whatever um but like most of the things that i have problems with in this movie is the actual plot. <laughs> yeah, it all relies like it all lies in the script. Um the worst part to me was the line dance. Oh yeah, one of the two montages that were back to back. Yes. It literally was like y'all want to go with line dancing and then it's just like playing that Andy Grammer song like so I guess they had some money behind it to afford that song cuz that was a hit last year. I don't know. Um, I don't know what song it is. Well, I don't know. Me neither, man. That song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, because they, they were going. All right. So it's this guy named Hunter and his like six disposable friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, from New York City or seven. It's like six or seven. Yeah, it was the, like and they're literally the the gamer nerd. Yeah, the asshole. They make a point to call him a gamer. I wouldn't have even thought about that if they had not mentioned he was a gamer. Yeah. So then there's the asshole jock. Yeah. And his his girlfriend. Okay, uh-huh. so that's three. There's the um, like really promiscuous chick. There's uh-huh. the the other really promiscuous chick. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and then is there one other one? I don't even know. It said him and six friends, so yeah, yeah there's another okay. one in there. So, <laughs> so he he's coming home because he just came out to his parents, right? And he's going to talk to them in person, right? Mm-hmm. That's the the whole reason for the trip. Who brings six friends to your parents' house for the weekend? That's like really presumptuous, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. I- you could think either he brought them for backup that he knew it wasn't going to go well, which yeah. his dad obviously was pissed about it yeah. for some reason. But it, never enough for it to play in the plot, really. His yeah. dad just was like, Ugh. and the mom was like, he'll, he'll get over it, baby. He's like, <laughs> like, I'm so gruff and a farmer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll <laughs> never understand your your ways. Yeah. And then if you're trying, if you're trying to, like, lessen the impact of it. Uh huh. Why is one of the girls wearing like a leotard, like a like a onesie leopard print leotard and super short shorts? <laughs> like, Maybe the key, you, it keeps the dad occupied. Maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just doesn't even hear it. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I am glad I, I wrote all this stuff down. I am glad that. Uh, he he the dad did call them out on the fact that cow tipping isn't real uh-huh. right because cow sleeps standing uh, sitting down or laying down right uh-huh. most of the time but then he mentioned horses sleep standing up but the thing is horses can also sleep laying down and if you sorry i grew up with horses and so if you tip a horse <laughs> though you will totally break its leg and leg and then you'd have to kill it 
So it's like, that's the worst thing to do. Don't go <laughs> tell anybody to go tip horses. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me, it was a magazine called Flux. Do you remember Flux? And it yeah. had that section, please don't do this. And it was like, <laughs> it was just all bad ideas like that. Yeah, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we had two montages back to back. Because like, they're, they're, see, okay. So they're going for his coming out. They bring, he brings six friends and then they're going to throw a barn dance. Like that's their plans for the weekend. Like they didn't talk to the dad about it or the mom about it. (laughs) That's like, son of a bitch. You're messing with my farm. (laughs) Yeah. And so they have a montage about, um, like fixing up the barn and then a montage of the barn dance back to back. Like there's a, like a, like a 30 second scene in between them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Um, all right, let me see what else I got on here. Uh, oh, so uh, again, super spoilery, right? So, so like this whole thing, this whole plot is him coming back to, you know, get, uh, fix up his relationship with his father. Uh Right. And then they just straight up kill him. Kind of. Before there's any sort of reconciliation between the two. Yeah, between the dad. I mean, yeah. The whole thing was really, really just... (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it seems like things... People are just like, let's make a movie. And then they want to make a movie. And hey, I've been there. Like, as far as... Like, let's make a short and nothing really... Yeah, yeah. You know, just trying to bide time. But... I'm picking this apart and I'm sorry for doing that, (laughs) but it's just things didn't make sense to me. Now, this is this guy's first movie. Okay, first director or first movie as a direct director. Um, He is Emmy nominated. For Uh, what? He's a choreographer. Oh, okay. And so he he's Emmy uh, he's nominated for Emmy for choreography for this Michael Jackson special. Okay. Maybe that's why there were two dance sequences Maybe. because they were some of the stronger points of the film. Maybe. Okay. Now the thing is though, like all these things that I've been talking about have happened literally in the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> okay. Like we're not even past that. All right. Um, the, the thing is though, this thing has won a lot of awards. This film. Yeah. It Award? won, <laughs> it won like tons of film festival awards. Like why? Atl- why? <laughs> Atlanta, I'll go Atlanta Horror Film Festival Best Feature, uh, Fright Night Film Festival Best Director and Feature um, in the slasher categories, uh, Hot Springs International Horror Film Festival Best First Time Filmmaker, uh, Los in- uh, Los Angeles Independent Film Festival Awards Best Director, Cinematography and Best Produced Screenplay. Okay, now let me counter that real quick. With, go we, for it. We've gone to like Frightmare and stuff, right? Yeah. We've seen some of the films that play there. Not to say that they're shit or anything, but there are a lot of films kind of like this that play and get good reception, right? Yeah, well, yes, because I think as far as budget goes, slasher is the easiest thing to do. Yeah, well, I'm just saying as far as like... You put it in the woods, you give the guy a unique weapon, and you got your slasher movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I wanted, I really, really wanted to really like this film because mm-hmm. I was actually pumped about it. Uh, we talked about this when the first time I saw a, a trailer for it because it's a guy with a pitchfork for a hand. Yeah. You know? And yeah. like, I'm totally down for that. In the vein of like Hatchet, 
pitchfork sounds uh, awesome, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm it's not even that hatchet was that good. It just was fun. And so that's yeah. all that's all anyone wants out of slashers, either scary or fun. Either mm-hmm. of them work. But in order I th- I could see where this would play well with with like a drunken fest like a <laughs> drunken festival crowd, you know? Yeah. Because no, I'm I'm not saying that it was poorly made or anything. Well, I'm just saying that it's not a good film. <laughs> I could see where it would win some of those type awards, but it's not really like a <laughs> it's not that those aren't real awards or anything, but they're not prestigious or anything like that. And I'm I'm definitely not trying to be smarmy like Oh, I only watch prestigious films. No, I watch a lot of shit. I like a lot of shitty films, and this should have been in my wheelhouse. I just didn't feel like there any of the dynamics worked. The script didn't work. The actors weren't bad, but their their characters were two dimensional. It looked fine. It yep. had they evidently had money for at least one big song, and um, <laughs> and uh, all of that. But like the actual like. Yes, there there were some gruesome parts, but kinda. But most there, of it was off off, off screen, screen. Or off camera. Yeah, but it was like the punches and stuff didn't land. You know, all you have to do is cut cut it at the right second, and it works. But just a one frame off, and it's really bad. And it's like every damn time it was one frame off. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean. It is what it is. I don't regret watching this film. No, not at all. There's very few films I actually regret watching. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Weird. I I can't even really name any off the top of my head. (laughs) Um, But but I will say, if I can, I'm not going to go through the rest of my points because whatever. Okay. go ahead. No, there's a few more. Um, But I will say, like, it does turn out that... uh, you know, once the killer is has revealed themselves and killed a few of the people or whatever, and they're all running from their for their lives in the woods, um, he comes across like this hut thing that he's been living in or whatever, and his dad is still alive, right? Mm-hmm. And he kills him to put out his misery, right? And the whole time, um, you know, there hasn't been any indication that the main character is a badass, right, or anything like that. Um, because there, there really hasn't been a chance. But then it's like, as soon as he kills his dad, it's like he's all of a sudden like kung fu master sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> and it's like, what? And and so that was very, very strange and off-putting. Although I did like how they sort of like ran into each other like an anime fight, right? And then it pans over to a different scene. And then the next time you see him, he had just gotten his ass kicked, but there was no explanation of like how anything happened. <laughs> you know, so it's like the one, that, but he kept doing like one liners and stuff. Yeah, it, that bothered me. And what bothered me is I don't want to really get into it, but there were certain things that were so reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw toward the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, you know yeah, what I'm talking that's about? What it was. It was yeah. it was Texas Chainsaw exactly, and that bothered me. Like, yeah. come on. And, and I still have like no idea what the motivation for the killer and everything was. I mean, kinda, but like, it, it was, was a no, nature versus was, nurture type thing, <laughs> or not I mean, nature versus. It's like a, you're a product <laughs> of your own environment. 
You know, yeah. he just grew yeah. up in a messed up environment. Now, he did have possibly the worst costume I've ever seen for a killer. The 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 actual pitchfork like appliance looked pretty good. Yeah, that was good. I'm talking about the mask. Yeah, it was like a teddy bear mask. <laughs> yeah. It was like something you'd buy at the dollar store. Well, it just looked like it was a teddy bear that they ripped the face off of. Oh, uh, like well, don't you remember all. whenever we had those those teddy bear masks like that? The junkies did. No, you don't. We we used them at shows. I do not remember that. Yeah, that happened. No. <laughs> remember, those were the shows where we played with pitchforks on our hand. <laughs> it was really hard to play the guitar. <laughs> Just all slide guitar. <laughs> uh, but no. OK, so. Bottom line, uh, neither of us really regretted watching it. I can no. see this being like kind of fun if you were drunk and had friends over. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of that vibe of a film. It's yeah, what but it's... let's be honest. If, we, if we're going to watch a slasher when we were drunk and have friends over, it's going to be Hatchet. <laughs> or something better. <laughs> but uh, like maybe or, All the Boys or, Love Mandy Lane or something like that. Or like Sorority House Massacre. <laughs> something <laughs> but um but you know like we said not not terrible but not good uh, at least uh, that was what i was getting at you yeah uh i will i would say this is a two out of five yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say okay well good i mean like it's not it's not unwatchable there's just some weird plot things like the very very end too but yeah yeah i mean it's just it's just strange it's like they he had an idea for all these like you know quote unquote badass moments Mm -hmm. and then just kind of strung a movie to try to put them together yeah yeah i did like the like barbed wire crucifixion scene that was good yeah oh yeah 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 okay i was trying to think of it yeah, it, uh, that's what I'm saying. Some of the like gore shots and stuff like that were actually pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's just the, yeah, like all the, the, like the, like littler makeup lacerations and stuff like that were really well done too. Yeah. Like he had a big gash on his forehead by the end of it. That looked really good. And yeah. So, yeah. Well, all right. Well, uh, you want to, do you have anything else to say about it? No, I'm good. I mean, this is... A, I don't think you, you'll go bad by renting this film at a red ah. box or something, but don't don't buy it before watching. But for a lot of people that love slashers and they're like slasher completists, there's a lot worse than this. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> anyway, um, but all right, well, we'll be back with our review of The Head by Brian Barr. Would you please remove your podcast from the internet? It doesn't help the world in any way. You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. This one, I this one uh, was right out of place. Sure, it was free. Now, if I, I got to get this already half of this, all this we're supposed to be talk about a movie that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. 
only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? And we're back with our review of The Head by Brian Barr. It's basically about a girl that comes across a head in her mother's garden. Mm-hmm. And it uh, the, it talks to her and stuff. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. So from there, she, she starts to uh, fall in love with it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she this falls is a in, love story. Yeah, and it's it, it's kind of like a bizarro horror romance. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely not the average read. You know, no, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I I liked it. But before I get into that, uh, you got anything that I missed as far as the summary goes? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Um, it's girl meets head <laughs> and uh they fall in love yeah that's a, it's a it's a poignant love story <laughs> again with that it's it's a it's a tale as old as time really what i found uh, i'll i'll tell you the uh, before we get into all of it i did find it odd that on the cover it says you know written by brian barr edited by jeff o'brien cover by gillivan suad and zilson costa and I, I just found it odd that all of those people got credit on the cover, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, these things happen. Like, because especially since it looks, I mean, I don't know if this is the reason, but it looks a lot like a comic book on the front. Yeah, and if right? you look in the biography, he's done comics. Yeah, and so, like, if comic artists and stuff are used to getting credit on the front cover. Yeah. So... I mean, if it's, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I got you. It's just, I, I found it a little odd. It is it is kind of strange for a book, but well, well, these are the times we live in, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was like, oh, or anything yeah, like that. You need to stop your old-fashioned prudiness when it comes to credits on t- front of the cover. Yeah, well, I mean, the art's very good. Uh, like, it's it's nice art. It, it, definitely... looks, it looks like a... Like a dead Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. Um, but, yeah, okay, so I found that a little odd. But the story itself was a pleasant surprise because I had no clue that... I didn't know anything about this going in. And honestly, you may want to avoid a lot of this because this is a short story. Well, I'm saying avoid the, a lot of the rest of my review because this is a short story and there's no way to go further without getting into spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless we, just we... Feel vague about it. Okay, well then, never mind. You you don't have to avoid it, but um, it's but, just best if you do. Well, I mean, yeah. just a, just you in general. <laughs> yeah, you know who we're talking about. No, I'm talking about avoiding you in general. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll suck you into doing a podcast. <laughs> Joining a band that never dies in a, a podcast. <laughs> I guess starting a band and starting a podcast. Anyway, but um, yeah, so it was a pleasant surprise for me because I had no clue that this was love story-ish at all. Yeah, me neither. And, and honestly, I thought that this was going to be a lot more along the lines of that found 
Do you remember Found? Yes. And where he finds the head? Yeah. And, and uh, no, not at all. This is like a like a completely. It, to me, it sounds like a fever dream version of the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Well, I'm just. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. Well, I mean it. It was kind of Twilight Zoney to me. Um, not that. Yes, this was more "quote unquote" horror than most Twilight Zones because most of those are just like, "Oh, oh, I see what you did there." It was people, but this one, <laughs> um, especially once the head kind of she falls in love with the head and then wants to get it reu- reunited with the body, and once he yeah. brings her down that path, it starts getting more and more horrific. Yeah, although yeah. not scary, more yeah, of just that's... fantastic. Yeah. Um. It's that's like 60 percent of the into the book. Yeah. Is whenever it actually starts picking up on like the quote unquote horror yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it definitely to me, it felt really, really like a fresher type story only because I was expecting so much uh, something, something or something completely different, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, it was short, very, very short. I, like I think I read this thing in twenty minutes. Yeah, it's really short. So, anyway, um, but it it was well written and it was it was very weird and fun. Now, will it go on the list of like best of the year or anything like that? I, I probably not. But as far as I, I've never read anything but by Brian Barr before. Mm-hmm. So you're not sure if this is indicative of his style? No. Uh, well, I hope it is <laughs> mm-hmm. because I'd like to read something with this kind of tone, but longer because this actually kind of reminded me a lot just uh, in the offbeat tone of uh, what was that Thomas Flowers uh, incredible Zilch on Whitstein, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But what, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, the whole love story aspect of it kind of took me by surprise, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I thought it was a, a fun take on, I, I was about to say this sort of story, um, but then it's like how many person finds a talking head stories do we really have? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like there, there was a couple of interesting like stylistic choices, like at the beginning, um, he kept saying the head over and over and over again. And at first it was kind of, I guess, bothersome because I don't really like like repeated things a lot because like every sentence says the head in it for like the first couple pages. And then it's like you can tell, though, that was a, like a deliberate choice just because I guess maybe to, to lampshade the whole weirdness of the whole situation. Yeah. Right. And then once um, she learns the head's name and everything, then that kind of stops. Um, but it, it was just it's just weird. Um, I mean, it was supernatural love story. And then the only thing that kind of bothered me was that it was never really clear why. Oh, really? Well, I mean, it, it, no. it, it wasn't it wasn't a huge deal. 
Yeah. But, you know, I kind of was interested in what was actually happening. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't a deal breaker that it didn't give me any information, but it was a little strange. But again, it's a short story. Yeah, I I find a lot of short stories better when it doesn't fully explain everything. Well, I mean, like towards the end of it, you're you're unsure as to whether it's you know explanation or fever dreams. I like, like or that. hallucinations. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. <clears throat> well, I mean that's fine. But I, I get what you're saying. I mean. If it, I'll put it this way: If it had been a little mo- less, like a little more vague than where it was, I would feel exactly where you're at with mm-hmm. that. Like it was right at the threshold of what I would take uh, in terms of vagueness. Yeah, I get, I can see that. But, um, but, yeah, because, but, uh, also. If it's completely vague and abstract, I kind of like that, too. (laughs) Yeah, there's this uncanny valley of whenever it's, like, either too or or not vague enough, Uh right? Or um, a little uh, more vague than you want. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now, I will say that it was was very well written, uh, Mm -hmm. I thought. Um, That was one of the things that stood out. Uh, to me, just the, the simple word economy, you know? Yeah, it, it, it made it feel, like, whimsical. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing there. In fact, I, I went back to read something. I forgot what it was. It was, like, whenever they went into her house, or mm-hmm. in, into her mother's house, mm-hmm. um, where I completely knew or was <laughs> able to picture what was going on, and then I went back and read, like, Oh, it doesn't really say what part of the house they're in or any of that, you know, like yeah. it didn't really set the scene, but because it was so fast, like it as didn't far, matter. It, yeah, it didn't really matter. And I, I felt like I was there. And so I really, really like that because as we discussed before, a lot of the things that the uh, unnecessary details like, Oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. This poster was ripped. And she remembered that because that was the time that her father, blah, blah, blah. You know, like <laughs> her, her father spilled the juice and the mother slipped and, yeah, and busted spilled the poster. The poster. Okay. <laughs> you know, like just dumb details yeah. uh, uh, that never tie in the story really just annoy me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, the simple word economy of it, uh, it, it kept the story going fast paced. Now, even for a 20 minute read, there was a part in the middle where it's sort of drugged to me. Like, okay. Like, or it dragged. <laughs> uh, but, uh, when it was like sort of them settling into their day to day routine as a couple. Yes. Yes, because it was like, whoa, 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 hold on. She fell in love with a head. Like, yeah, pretty quick. Can, can we talk? I mean, it, like, honestly, it's a hell of a meat cute. But, you know, she she straight up Disney princess there where it's like first guy she meets and they just fall in love. And yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you. But I don't know. I mean, I really I thought it was fun. Uh, it was a, a good fun read um Mm -hmm. although i didn't have any expectation for it you know either way but Mm -hmm. 
But all in all, I thought it was uh, really good. Definitely worth 99 cents. Oh, definitely, yeah. And, and even better if you were like us and picked it up for free last week. Yep. <laughs> there was a three-day promo. Hey, hey, we posted that on Facebook. Yeah, good call. Good call. I, One of them that we probably should have posted. I didn't post it. I don't know if you did or not. But like Ryan C. Thomas was running a sale. It oh, ended today. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Maybe we should just cut that part out. <laughs> well, I mean, I I didn't see it actually. Until, I, I didn't see it till today. Oh, I didn't and see then, it till literally five minutes before the podcast started. Yeah, um, I, I didn't see it till today, and I downloaded a bunch of stuff that I didn't have. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah. need to. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because this won't come out till long after today. Nope. <laughs> and so nobody knows actually what today is either. Yeah, good call. It's Sunday. Yeah. Um, but all right, well, uh what's your overall take on this book? Um I'd say three and a half. Yeah, I could see Cause, that. Because I liked, you know, like going back to how simple the wordplay and everything was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like how storybookish it felt, sort of. Yeah, you know, I can see that. like it almost felt like it was aimed at like little kids for a second. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, like here's the fun story of a girl who found a head, you know, like that sort of, you know, like a children's book, uh-huh. like your typical children's book. Yeah, just but, like it. <laughs> but, you know, so that kind of led to this um, sort of almost like naive sort of simple feel to it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it transitioned to something a little bit darker. Um I would have liked to have known a little bit more what was going on at the end because some of it was very unclear to me, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm just an idiot. No, no. Three and I, a half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're an idiot. There were unresolved um, questions. Yeah. Um, but, mean, and like we've said before, not every question needs to be resolved, but just sometimes, you know, there's certain ones that you just really want to be resolved. Yeah. Well, I'll, I will say... Um, like I said before, the word economy was great. Uh, the writing style I liked. Um, <laughs> it was fresh. It was weird. It was almost David Lynch levels of weird, but not. It, yeah, was, it, kinda, it was like a little kid's version at first, at, like of a David Lynch story. Well, I didn't really catch the little kid vibe. It well, was just an innocent just, type I, vibe. At first, I honestly thought she was a child. Oh, really? Yeah, until it turned like until it found out that her mom was like passed away and she got the house and she was selling it. I, yeah, I got you there. Um, yeah, because what like forty year old woman picks up a head and falls in love with it, right? <laughs> anyway. well, this was before it was like a a love story. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Like a three and a half, four, mm-hmm. somewhere in that area. Three and a half, four. Um, it was memorable. It was fun. Above all, it was, it was fun. Now would this story, would this work well for a longer novella or novel length? Probably not because there was not enough world built for it, but I really, really enjoyed what I read and I would highly recommend it for, you know, a quick plane trip or something like that. Uh, (laughs) Or if yeah, the twenty minute plane ride on your private jet. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If you're flying from Houston to Dallas, the, the quick thirty minute 
flight, then you're good. Yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, check that, check it out. I like I said before, I, I like it. It was ninety nine cents, definitely worth ninety nine cents. So yeah, um, definitely. All right. Uh, I guess we will be back next or next time with. Oh, Some no. other stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with other book and or movie. So uh, we'll see you then. This is Wolfman Jack, and you've been listening to B-Movies and E-Books. And you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on iTunes, Stitcher, and I don't know other places. So anyway, leave them a five-star review. Also, check them out on Twitter at B&E Pod. And subscribe to the B&E Master Feed if you're a fan and you're a real cool daddy. You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon and it's not a gun. What is it? Like a scythe, a car. Grenades. Like a flare gun, maybe. Piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a Lobo. <sighs> uh, loppers. Slingshot. <gasps> yeah. Like a ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. The Basement on a Hill. Horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. is part of the B&E Network. Brought to you by bmoviesandebooks.com. Yeah.